This show is sponsored by Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows, including your favorite anime, anytime, anywhere, on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. That's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. When he was a child, Murakami was infatuated with a girl he called Kuroneko. The delivery service? Kuroneko, black cat delivery service, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Is, it's like having a girlfriend named... Uh, DHL you, you, or UPS. <laughs> it would be much better if it was a boyfriend named UPS because then you could have him deliver his package to you. You just listened to the song Moso Express from the anime Monogatari second season by the artist Kana Hanazawa. I'm Chiaki and this is episode 220 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast where our sole mission is to make your, your anime, anime addiction, addiction worse. As you can hear, I'm joined by my lovely and shiny-headed co-host, That's right. Pram and Mitsugi. Is my head shiny? Well, I'm getting there. I'm I, getting I there. was I was referring to Cram. Cram has I said tra- shiny transformed headed. into his original original form. <laughs> this, this isn't, isn't even, even your final, final form. form. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my my lineage and my and my hereditariness is determined to make my head shiny as well. Hereditariness. Hereditariness. Whatever you call it. We are scientists. You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes. Don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes, especially if you like us. Facebook.com forward slash animatics and on this podcast. Twitter, you can search for us at aaapodcast. And broadcasting live every Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. EST. Well, normally. (laughs) on ustream.tv but if you can remember AAA podcast you can find links to all of those on our site forum members all right let's get to it welcome to the forum anime 3000 Kuroko mind Cole on on kami michaelis latent criminal anime fan 1555 and 
Shluxor? Shluxor. 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 I'm going to go with uh, Anime 3000 this week because I think that that's from one of our peer podcasts, Anime3000.com. Friends of the Addicts. Yeah. To be sure. I'm going to go with Latent Criminal. I wonder if Anime 3000 is doing a little reconnaissance on us. What do you think? I don't think they have to do reconnaissance. They could just send us an email. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or listen to an episode or whatever. They're not doing a very good job of being sneaky. Yeah, exactly. By signing up for our forums yeah. with their name. <laughs> with their name. Anime 3000. <laughs> Chiaki, you, uh, you threw a very difficult trivia question at people this last past week. I did. I didn't think it would be so difficult. But then again, I guess I can't claim that because I don't know too much about well, Mecca. I, I think in, in order to fool the Google image search, uh, you, you really had to mangle this photo. So I think it, it's a little harder to... Yeah, I had to put a filter on it and then some black bars over it and rotate the image and reflect it. And and kudos to the people who got it right. The answer was King of Braves, Gao Gaigar. And those who got it right were Charmanderson Cooper. I love that name. I know, it's so great. And Angel Wing Zerp. The winner was Charmanderson Cooper. And our theme is still robots. So I just. I just restarted the six-month trivia contest, so if you would like to get involved in this in the six-month battle for to see who is the king or queen of trivia, now is the time to do it. So get on that, get on the website and play the trivia game. You can find the website, the trivia questions, down along the right side of the of the main website. And then if you want to answer the questions, you just send me a PM on the forum, and and you're done. So and every month you can win stuff. So it's easy. We like to give stuff away. Yeah. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Mailbag. Bag. 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 All right. We have two mailbags today. Who would like to read the first one? Uh, I'm going to jump in and take this one. Go ahead, Michi. So the great Nagao writes, I was wondering, now that you are in Japan, what, what your long-term goals are. Are you planning to, on applying for permanent residency, or are you going to move back to the U.S. at some point? So, for those people that are watching live, you'll notice that not only is the background in our quote-unquote studio totally different today, but also we're broadcasting at a very strange time, a very difficult 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm. So, the reason for but that... it's a very convenient 2 p.m. Japan time. It is. It's lovely. <laughs> it's a lovely day. The, the reason for that is a, a portion of the anime addicts are actually in the process of moving back to America right now. And the Mitsugi had to move out of his house today. So that's why the, the, the setting is different where we're broadcasting. And I had to close on my house and meet the, the, la- the, the real estate a- agency there during our normal broadcast time. So that's why we're broadcasting much later. So... Before long, we will a portion. At least some of the of the anime addicts will be back in America, but we will we are leaving. At least Cram is staying in I'll Japan, so we will have perhaps a Cram in Japan, a Cram in Japan anime special report segment or something. Hey, that along, sounds really good. Lines. Cram in Japan. You yeah. should use that for I something. Where, I wonder where that came from. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder. So, um, yeah. So th- I hope that answers the question. I. Um, Gonna go back and start doing finance or something in America, and and Cram is staying in Japan to continue mastering his Japanese and right, things like that. So, yes, and people in the chat are asking if this is 
Cram's house, and yes, we are now presently in Cram's house. That's right. So we are in the uh, the murder room. Actually. Yes, yeah. oh, this yeah. is the murder room. Oh, it's, would you like to tell? You have to tell the story now. Uh, I've told it on the podcast before, but I guess it was back in 2006, December of 2006. Uh, someone was murdered in this house. The people that were living here. Um, the son was taking care of his mother and she was very ill as I understand it. And I guess he wanted to put her out of her misery. So he took a pillow and, uh, asphyxiated her right here, right here, right where we're same doing to this Tommy? right here. Yeah. Same to Tom. Well, no, they changed the to Tommy. Oh, they changed the to so Tommy. We are, so you mean to tell me that we're actually broadcasting right now in the exact maybe square meter where a person was smothered to death? Yeah. Wow. We're also underneath my bedroom, uh, where a man died of an illness. <laughs> Wow, the father. Did did the man who killed his mother hang himself? I thought he thought no. He, killed he, himself. he ran out to the Kokaigawa Bridge, which is right near yeah. this place. I go jogging near there. Yeah, uh, and he jumped off into the water, attempting to kill himself, but he did not, in fact, succeed. And now he's in jail. Oh, he's in jail. Okay, well, that's not quite as exciting. Yeah. Wow, great story. So, second mailbag. Who wants to read? Second mailbag. I'll, I'll read this one. This comes Go from J.L. Franklin, and J.L. Franklin Franklin writes: "Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, or whatever the time will be when you read this. I must say that I absolutely adore your podcast. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Never before have I had such an amazing and intense orgasms listening wow. to you all discuss anime life oh, in Japan baby. and the musings of an anime addict. Keep up the good work, lady and gentlemen." Okay. I have uh, wandered down this rabbit hole of anime for quite some time now, and being the naughty little Sunday school teacher that I am, do not take this comment the wrong. Uh, I am not a lowly con. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I have attempted to drag many of my students down the hole with me. One of my students asked me about filler episodes in anime, and since I am not but a novice in this field, I have thus put the question to you. What is the point of filler episodes in anime? Are all anime riddled with filler episodes or just anime adaptations of manga? What is their purpose? If so, what is the point of having filler a filler episode? Is it to milk the franchise as much as possible, or are they trying to keep the show from, for lack of a better phrase, blowing its load too soon? Wow. I look forward to hearing back from you. You are all amazing. Keep up the good work. Godspeed. I did write some notes here at the bottom below the mailbag. and mm-hmm. um, I think these three things that you have outlined are you think exactly so? on, so, on I mean, spot. Not all anime have filler, but there's a numerous different reasons why a show could have filler. Mm. So the first one I have here is that it's just that's just how the show is. I mean, you could have a show that doesn't have a, an exact reason for being f- full of filler, other than that's just what they wanted to put in the show. It's I just mean, a poorly told story. It's just a bad Let's story. Have more cake time. Yeah, just a roundabout way of telling whatever simple th- th- be- what is it. Thread through bear, line or whatever. Yeah, threadbare through line that they've got going on. I mean, we talked about before how some anime will have like the first two episodes will be important and then the last two or three episodes are important. But there's that eight or nine episodes in the middle where there's really nothing that they need to say for the story. So they just put random crap in there. I mean, there's a lot of shows that, that have done that in the last, you know, since anime has, has existed, I think. Mm-hmm. So the, the second reason I have here is because they need to fill airtime on TV. Yeah, a lot of shows, they'll sign up in blocks, and the TV blocks will be 12 or 24 episodes, and, you know, the TV stations expect that the anime is going to fill that airtime, and I've I've watched anime that, and, and this goes both ways, that they get to a point and they realize they have four more episodes left and only enough content for one, and some, so they drag shows, something out. Yeah, some shows deal with it better than others. I personally prefer it when a show uh, just 
absolutely does not try to fill in the space with something that just feels like padding. And instead, like for the example of uh, Kill So Giga, which we reviewed uh, from last season or the fall season, I believe, um, there were two episodes, uh, one in the middle of the show that was just a live action uh, event type thing where two of the voice actresses went to Kyoto and kind of talked about the influence of Kyoto on the show and the design of the show and all that kind of stuff. They didn't even try to fill up the narrative with yeah. anything. They just completely didn't aside and then they did a recap episode at the end so the show actually has only about like nine or ten actual episodes that are focused on the core uh, narrative of the show and I kind of prefer it when a show does that rather than just sticking things yeah, in rather than just being so uh, padding for even in America so if you're talking no matter what you're talking about oftentimes TV stations will literally bid to have a show aired on their station so if you're talking about, for example, football is a big one because the, because the TV contracts are so expensive for football. You'll have like Fox Networks will pay millions of dollars to have certain football games played on their station. And, it, and they do that because of the ad revenue they can receive from, the, from having people watch the football games. Anime is no different. So when anime is being um, you know, assigned to a TV station... The TV station will pay the anime studios money to to have the anime aired on that station, and because of that, it's all based on contract. And if you have a contract that says that your anime needs to have 24 episodes, but you only have maybe 17 episodes of actual length that you need to work with, you may not realize it as a viewer, but they will they will pad an anime to make the length fit the contract. Absolutely. That's just how it is. The last one I think is most common when you're watching shonen shows and I don't think there is a shonen show out there that hasn't done this. Maybe that not. may be a pretty broad statement, but I I would be surprised. It's when a show puts in filler to catch up with the manga. So in other words, there's a manga running and they've been following the manga and the show reaches a point where that's all the manga that's out and so they throw in these arcs of the characters we're gonna go here and train for 10 episodes yeah. to give more time for the manga to catch up so it's not part of the intended story uh, or narrative that the author originally wrote in the original source material and I think Bleach and Naruto are maybe good examples of I this. was gonna say there's been Bleach, a lot of Bleach I've talked I've talked to people who are big Bleach fans before and they say you can tell in the distinct drop in quality between the arcs that have basis in manga and basis yeah. in story and then the arcs that they say you can pretty much outright just skip because they were just there to pad time. And not all animes do this, though. For example, Space Brothers, which we talked about a week ago, it's coming to an end. And the general consensus that I've heard from people is that they feel like it's getting too close to the manga. So, But... but the people that were making Space Brothers chose to, rather than pad the anime with a bunch of crap and reduce the quality, they're just ending it. So it doesn't always happen this way, but mm, sometimes it does. They will just pad the hell out of it. So, But yeah, I hope, we I hope that answers the question. I think it does. So Mitsuki found us a delicious food item. Oh, I as did. As normal. These are... Um, what, if, what are the names? What is the name of these candies? It's... Uh, uh, Pucho. Pucho. And what it is is it's a uh, they're like they're like little soft chewy candies, kind of like um, high chewy. Watching him, like. hand me the bag right there. I'll hold it up for the people that are watching live. So I picked this up because these pucho candies, um, they 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 look like high chew, 
but for people that are watching live, I'm holding the bag up, and it's a uh, it's an Attack on Titan bag. So they're Attack on Titan themed, and they're these are orange flavored candies, and they have little like jelly balls inside of them. So imagine like a haichu with little like bits of of hard jelly balls inside of them. They're pretty good. Thank I, you for picking orange. Orange is an acceptable flavor. Each of these G-I-P. packages also have characters on them. Mine has Sasha and Levi facing off. They look like they're about to kiss. Yeah. And well, oh snap! What do you have? I know on that's yours? a lot of people's that's one for, true pair. What do you for, have on yours, for Tumblr. Mine is the the Titan Aaron's Titan form when he saves Mikasa and Armin from spoilers. From oh something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry for from, those from zombies. who somehow... <laughs> vampire zombies. Vampire zombies. <laughs> I'm going to put it in my mouth. Yeah, there's a lot of Attack on Titan merchandise out there, and there's so many food items, but... Oh, it's yeah. good. Oh, you like it? Mm. All right, let's take a news break because I want an opportunity to eat mine also. During our news break, we'll have a poll question. Out of the four that exist, how many sports anime do you think Mitsugi will pick this season? Zero, one, two, three, or all the sports. And when we come back, this is one of our favorite episodes. It's our new spring preview episode. We'll tell you what shows we're going to be watching and what we're excited for and why. At the end of the episode, Mitsugi and Cram are going to have a review on Hamatora the yeah, animation. We are going to have some. some we're going to have something. It's going to be something. Yeah. Stay tuned. Hey all you anime addicts, this is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. For those of you who are fans of Gargantia on the Rendezvous Planet, there is a new installment coming to the franchise. The Gargantia OAV has had its story, characters, and details revealed. The OAV will introduce Rima, a novice messenger transferring from the Kuggle ship. She's 13 years old and working under Amy. Lido will still be on Gargantia as a Yunbro pilot for Bellows' salvage ship. So it sounds like your favorite characters will be making an appearance if you're a fan of this franchise. In other news, speaking of OAVs, and I am really excited about this, the official website for Magi has begun streaming a trailer and a 30-second commercial for the OVA adaptation of the spin-off manga Magi Sinbad no Bolkin or Magi the Adventure of Sinbad. We had an opportunity to see some promotional work from Magi Adventure of Sinbad at Anime Japan recently. The trailer announces the main staff and cast working on the project so you can see if there's anyone you know and anyone that pleases you to be involved. In other news for you manga readers out there, Japanese publisher Katakawa Comic Walker website and app have recently launched with 18 titles in English. For those of you who might be interested in the English manga titles, there's a full list. Some of the big ones are Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin, Neon Genesis Evangelion, The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya Haruhi-chan, Nobunaga the Fool, Lock Horizon, High School DSD, Surgeon Frog, and a bunch of other noticeable titles, such as an installment from The Fate franchise. In other news, for those of you who can't get enough of the digital divas, 
Sega of America has recently announced that the company will release Hatsune Miku Project Diva F second for the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita in North America and Europe. Huzzah, it's getting an official release. The game is slated for a release this fall in a packaged version for both consoles. And finally, there's a new animation producer on the block. Japanese television station Tokyo MX TV has recently announced that as part of its company restructuring, it will open an anime business division that will produce new anime properties within its own company. The new divisions will begin operating on April 1st, the beginning of Tokyo's MX fiscal year. This was Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Man, I'm so upset with myself. Why is that? Well, I made a blind buy on this $50 anime box set, and this show sucks. 50 bucks? That would buy you like half a year of Hulu Plus and all the anime you could watch. Hold the phone. What's Hulu Plus? You've probably tried Hulu.com. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and movies in the living room or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite TV shows like Attack on Titan, Naruto Shippuden, One Piece, Helsing, and more. Watch every episode of shows like Persona 4, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, Shakugan no Shana, and more. You can also check out exclusive content including Hulu originals like The Wrong Mans and Behind the Mask, Hulu's new docuseries that takes you inside the world of sports mascots. You'll also get access to a collection of ad-free movies and kids content. For only $7.99 a month, catch up on current shows, binge on old favorites, or catch a great movie. Stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash anime. That's a special offer for our listeners. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com forward slash anime so you get the extended free trial and they know that we sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime right now for your extended two-week free trial. And we're back to the hundred... Wait, hundred... What, 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 what year am I in? What are in? you saying? What year am I in <laughs> to the 220th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast? Having a blast from the past in my head. Yeah. We have some poll results. How many people think that Mitsugi wants all the sports anime? So there is a, an overwhelming result of the poll. 67% of people think that I will select two of the four sports shows this season. Two. Interesting, right? All right. Oh. 22% think I will literally take four out of four sports shows. Can you blame them? Um, I do have a track record of liking sports because I do. And Kimiko isn't here to try to steal them from you. That's true, and I'm very happy about that. I, that I get to might, have all of them to might myself. Maybe surprised. Maybe. Maybe surprised. Maybe surprised. Ki- Let's find out. Kimiko is a sports anime dorobo. <laughs> yes, she, she does that. She st- a few seasons ago, she stole Ace of Diamond. Yeah, out from under you. She's she's like taken many many sports shows for yeah. me. Yeah. So, 
So we're going to see what Mitsugi and the rest of us picked right now. Would you like to discuss our selection process for how we picked our animes for the for, for the fall 2014 season? For the fall? Sorry, for the spring. I'm living <laughs> in the future. You're All living right. in the future. I'm living in the past. Maybe Cram can find the present. You gotta get back in time. <laughs> All right, so the way we select these anime is we look at all of the anime series coming out. We don't include OAVs or movies in our selection process. And each host makes a list based on the synopsis, photographs, PVs, whatever they choose to look up, and makes a list of shows that they think look like the, what do we go to, 15 or 11? We usually go to 15 shows. I I normally stop paying attention after 11 because it gets to the point that I'm just... Throwing them up there. Throwing them up there. Yeah. But we pick the top 15 shows in order of what we would want to watch. Then we literally right. roll a dice, and the person who gets the highest number gets their first pick. It's drafting, basically. Basically. Uh, I will say that usually we have to go pretty close to the bottom of our 15 list to, for everybody to get their five shows. But this season, I think, has an inordinate number of shows that we are highly anticipating. And Somehow looking, we all see pretty good. I am the only person that had to go further than seven. Yeah. So we all had different shows we wanted to watch. I think I'm really excited for this season. I think some of my picks are going to surprise listeners, and I hope in a good way. Oh, really? Well, let's find out. They surprised me, that's for sure. And so, Did they really? Yeah. Oh. And also well, maybe we can talk about two, that. Two of them in particular. Uh, well, let's talk about them when they come for up. For people that are watching live in the chat, I have found trailers of pretty much every single anime that we're going to be covering. And I will be playing them for you so you can watch the trailers while we discuss our selections. So, Shall we go in that. order of selection? Cram, would you like to start? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, so my first pick that I'm going to talk about was actually, I believe, my number seven. Yeah, it was. So my number seven pick that I will be watching for impressions is a show called Brynhildr in the Darkness. And uh, the Japanese title is Goku Koku no Brunhilde. Brunhilde. And like I said, it's my it was my number seven pick. It's based on a manga, uh, produced production by Studio Arms, directed by Kenichi Imaizumi, who also directed Katekyo Hitman Reborn. But he's mostly a main storyboard uh, artist and uh, an animation director. Uh, the show will be written by Yukinori Kitajima, and he did story and project composition for Hamatora, which we are reviewing today. Yeah. And he is the creator of Sendan Kagura. So uh, the story, the uh, the uh, synopsis of Brynhildr in the Darkness is, when he was a child, Murakami was infatuated with a girl he called Kuroneko. She insisted on knowing about the, aliens. The, the delivery service? Kuroneko, black cat delivery service, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Is, it's like having a girlfriend named... Uh, DHL you, you, or UPS. <laughs> oh, hello, my name my name's Federal Express. How are, D- where DHL Chun. <laughs> it would be it would be much better if it was a boyfriend named UPS because then you could have him deliver his package to you. <laughs> oh, there we go. Kuroneko insisted on knowing about aliens and having met them, but no one believed her. Even young Murakami was skeptical. One day, she decides to show him the aliens, but an accident occurs and Kuroneko dies while Murakami is left seriously wounded in the hospital. Years Dang. go by. Yeah, sounds pretty serious. Uh, years go by and Murakami obsesses on finding proof of the existence of aliens because of a promise he had made with Kuroneko. Then, one day, a new transfer student comes to his class who not only looks a lot like Kuroneko, but is named Kurohaneko. And even though, she, <laughs> even though she insists on never having met Murakami before, the girl has superhuman strength and seems to even be able to predict the future. 
Um, what do you think? Well, when I picked it, <laughs> <laughs> when I picked it, I thought it sounded cool, and the and the I think I may have gotten PV'd on this one. Um, so the chat, so the chat has only made a couple comments, and one of them was swimsuit and side boob. Yes. So I, I'm, I'm watching this trailer, and it looks really dark. The coloring is dark, and it looks very serious. They're talking about like people dying in, in the in in the in the Japanese that they throw up on the screen. Yeah. And out of nowhere, there's like this three or four seconds of really brightly colored, glistening swimsuit and boob shots, and then back to dark. That's right. So they just they needed to make sure that you knew that that was going to be in there someplace. This could be a problem. <laughs> Astrophysics in the chat says this could be an Elfin Lied Lied. I'm sorry if I which one is correct, but 2.0. I didn't see Elfin Lied. We were just talking about this before the show. I watched the first episode and I was surprised how violent it was. It's extremely but, violent. But I know that yeah. there are a lot of fans of that show. It's so. it's extremely popular. It's a strange genre clashing show. I know we've talked about genre clashing before, but but in the sense of it's one of those shows that goes from extreme violence ripping people's heads off to. We're going to go to the beach today. <laughs> it's a show that I often reference when I talk about genre clashing because of how black and white it is from yeah. episode one to episode two, but and, you never know. And not to spoil Hamatora, but I made my picks before I watched Hamatora. <laughs> <laughs> and this okay. is written by the same guy that that did the project composition for Hamatora, so that's um, not to spoil our review later, but that's troublesome. I think your thoughts on Hamatora are to be continued. Yeah. Is. This might be my mistake anyway, for this anyway, season. <laughs> anyway, guys, we, guys, we got to move yes, on. Yes, right, let's yes, do it. Sorry. All right. My, num- my, my first pick that I'm going to speak about was actually my number six. This number came six? In at number six. You are yeah. spoiled. I, I really got lucky this season, but I didn't, I wanted shows that you guys didn't put very high. I don't know. We were on different wavelengths. And my, sh- my number six pick was Abarembo Kishi. Matsutaro. Yeah, this surprised me. I don't see. I, I don't see a PV. I don't see a trailer for this. I cannot find any one. information. Okay, there's no trailer. This. I can hardly find the fact that this anime is indeed coming out. Okay. The story of this anime. The reason why it intrigued me is it's an anime about sumo. The main character is supposed to be this rough and tough and tumble redneck guy who's like undefeated. Inakamono. They say that he, unlike normal shonen characters, he never uttered words like work hard or strive. And he, he never just, wears pants. Probably not. <laughs> he just is really good at sumo and he, no one can beat him. And you, I was... You just wanted to watch guys' packages flop around. And n- n- No. She didn't watch free. Right? Oh. <laughs> so, that we know of. <laughs> that we know of. Anyways, I was just really intrigued by this after seeing Sumo, and I wanted to pick something that wasn't normally something I'd pick and get in on the one of the four sports shows this season, and I thought this was something that could be really fun because it's not a traditional Western sport, so it might be a lot of fun. We do have a lot of off-the-beaten-path sports this season. Anyway, so moving on, I basically just threw this one in here because I didn't know what else to put. But it came in at number 10 for me. So this is the furthest we went, we, we went down the list. This anime that I'm going to be talking about is called M3 Sono Kuroki Tetsu. That I know of, it's not based on any prior source material. Now, I could be wrong, but that's, that's what I've got from my research. Uh, the director is Junichi Sato, who has done a lot of directing in his, in his, throughout his career. But I wrote down some notable ones that were a little more re- more recent that people might remember. He did Aria, the animation. 
Kaleido Star, which which Kimiko likes a lot, and if she was here, she'd be squealing a lot, I'm sure. I know her love of Kaleido Star comes from being an aerialist yeah. herself. Uh, he did Fibrain and, and Tamayura Hitotose. The production is by uh, Satellite, which has done a ton of production and was a really big presence at the Anime Japan convention that we race, that, that we went to recently. Uh, and, and yeah, as I said, I don't know. Th- I don't know that this is based on any prior source material, so that I know of at least. The um, the anime itself is it's an ensemble drama story that follows eight boys and girls in the science fiction setting of the of near future Tokyo. And the, what is known on the website is that it's about it's on the night of the falling stars. They heard that song. <laughs> and that um, song, your song. Yeah, I have neglected to play the trailer in the chat. I apologize, but um, the trailer itself looks pretty good. I um, I I I was okay with this one mainly because I thought that the trailer looked a little bit dark. There's some like skeleton type stuff, and it's it, it seems like more of a serious show with with a really dark tones and sort of a darker a darker atmosphere that makes me feel like it's going to be a sort of a more serious story. I, you know, these animes are unpredictable, so you never know, but that's sort of the feeling I get. Anyway, it also has mechs in it, so I do like mecha to that's, some extent. That's kind of the first thing I took away from the, the PV was it has mechs. Which is why I was okay with it mostly. The but mechs look kind of almost like a rideback style to me. I don't know that, it's, that, that it is a mech anime, but they are in the show. So anyway. Yeah, this made it on my list too. Anyway, what do we have next? Uh, the next show I'm going to be talking about is a show called Broken Blade, and the, the Japanese title is Break Bredo. Break Bredo. I don't know. I know that uh, this is actually based on a manga. It was my number six pick, but uh, the TV series, as I understand it, is just a remake or a rebroadcasting or a re-edit of four films that came out in 2010 by uh, by the name of Broken Blade. Um so I'm not sure how good this is going to be. Uh, I have no idea. But the trailer looks really cool. Uh, it's by Production IG, uh, directed by Tetsuro Amino, who directed Macross 7 and Shiki. So I think I think that's uh, kind of encouraging. Um, and then the writer of this, the script writer, is a guy named Masashi Sogo, who wrote the scripts for Raruni Kenshin, Trust and Betrayal, and GTO, and Gantz. This is definitely a mech anime. Yes. There's a lot of mech, and it looks like they're going to be fighting a lot inside their mechs. I'm really interested in this because this was one of the shows that I watched the PV for and it got put lower on my list because just looking at the PV, all I saw was mechs in the desert, mechs in the desert, mechs in the desert. And there was nothing to it that I wanted to watch. But hearing that the scriptwriter was involved in Trust and Betrayal all of a sudden makes me yeah. care. Yep. But it's so different than... It it does. And I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, like I said, I, it's a, supposed to be a re-edit of four films that came out in 2010 or around that time. I don't know anything about those films. And re-edits, just the sound of something that was made to be in one kind of uh, medium or one yeah. you know, form mm-hmm. of storytelling adapted to another form doesn't sound very promising to me. But the PV was enough for me to put it way up on my list. Uh, the synopsis is that the inhabitants of the continent of Cruzon are born with the ability to freely control quartz. Technology based on... Quartz? Pa- quartz. Like it's the mineral quartz. quartz? Yeah, like the mineral. 
Technology based on this power allows them to perform a great multitude of tasks, such as shoot projectiles and pilot mobile suits, called golems in this society. Uh, Rygart Arrow is an unsorcerer, a rare individual who is unable to levitate even the smallest crystal, so think of him as a muggle. I'm sorry, did you just say unsorcerer? Unsorcerer. Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Living with his brother at a farm, he receives a letter from an old friend, Hod- Hodor. Hodor. <laughs> okay. Hodor. 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 The current king. Um, close companion of the king and queen when they were students at Assam Military School, Arrow is informed that a war is about to occur. Hodor c- called him because of an ancient type of golem has been found in a mining shaft. No one has been able to move it, and Queen Sigin... I'm sorry about these pronunciations, guys. An ex- it's, not, it's not your fault. It, it's it's just like the Final Fantasy series. Thousands of unpronounceable names. For blood and sugar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do, you need, do you need to buy vowel cram? <laughs> you, you, you just got done with, with Brunhilder. You have like yeah, seven consonants right. in a row. So Queen Sigan, an expert engineer, suspects that maybe an unsorcerer might be the key to activate this golem. The sword and the stone? So was he 11 when he got this letter to take him for the military let school? Me, <laughs> let me check my notes. <laughs> that Hodor brought? You're, you're an unwizard, Harry. <laughs> All right. (laughs) My next show is Akuma no Riddle, or Riddle Story of the Devil, though I would translate it as The Devil's Riddle. And this was my number five pick. And Chiaki picked a Yuri show. Of course. You would. (laughs) You would. Wait, yay? Yay? (laughs) So we've already... uh, The the trailer's only been running for like five seconds, and there was already a naked girl. Well, you know. You never know. You never know. The story is set in an academy that's a private all-girls boarding school. Are you kidding? Is this Comfer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. The 10th year's class has 12 assassins with a single target. And one of the new transfer students is also an assassin and... Has takes a special interest in the target. I don't. I don't know why this was my. Maybe I just wanted to give a Yuri show a chance. Yeah. Well, maybe this was my my. All right, I'm gonna do it. Break I'm gonna take a chance on this. You know, I commend you for being brave. Thank you. You know, if it's if it's bad, it just doesn't pass. But look at those doughy eyeballs. People in the chat are saying that this has to be better than Sakura Trick. I sure hope so. Probably. I figure it's been a while since we've had. At, Okay, and I say this not as someone who follows it, but it's been a while since we've had a really good Yuri anime. So maybe this is it. Could maybe be. It is. Anyway, so this next show that I am doing, I am doing the second season of Mushishi. Mushishi is an anime that came out almost 10 years ago. So it has been a long time. In the original synopsis of Mushishi, because I imagine a lot of people have never heard of it or haven't seen it, They are neither plants nor animals. They differ from other forms of life, such as microorganisms and and the fungi. Instead, they resemble the primeval body of life and are generally known as mushi, which, by the way, mushi means insect in Japanese. Um, Their existence and appearance are unknown to many, and only a limited number of humans are aware of them. Ginko is a mushishi who travels around to investigate and find out more about the mushi, in the process, he also lends a helping hand to people who face problems with supernatural occurrences, which may be related to the Mushi. And I do admit that I haven't seen more than maybe two episodes of this anime, and it has been years before since I have seen it, so I can't remember very much about it. But my understanding of this show is that it's going to be a very close direct follow-up of the first season. The director is Hiroshi Nagahama, 
who directed the first Mushishi and also since then has done Akunohana. The production is done by Artland, which also did the first Mushishi. The, the art director is Takeshi Waki, who also did the first Mushishi. So the staff is generally the same. So those of you that are excited for more Mushishi can feel somewhat comfortable in the fact that it will be very close to what the first season was. I'm very surprised that I think everybody was sort of shocked that an anime that has that has been sort of dormant for almost a decade is coming back with a second season. So it did have the live action movie directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, but I didn't see that. I haven't seen that either. So what I do know of Mushishi is that people love this show. It's extremely highly critically acclaimed, and it'll probably be good. So and I don't know yet if you need to watch the second, the first season to watch the second season. I don't, I can't answer that question yet, but we'll have to see. So, but Mushishi, it's called Mushishi Zoku Show. So, cool. My wife was way into that show, and she made me watch a few episodes, and I thought it was very beautiful, and kind of, kind of put me put me to sleep a little bit. <laughs> Just gonna be honest. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, I think her words when when we were talking about it before the show show were "Screw you guys, <laughs> I love this show." <laughs> I'm married to Eric Cartman. Very passionate. <laughs> um, so the next show I'm going to be talking about is a show called Knights of Sidonia or Sidonia no Kishi. Woo! Can I just say that before you say anything, I watched pretty much all the trailers for the season and this one looks the best. Okay. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. So um, it was my number four pick. It is based on a manga. Uh, it is being produced by Polygon Pictures and directed by Kobun Shizuno, who has directed four Detective Conan movies. Dang. And the Negima OVA. Well, so, at least he hasn't done an anime series. But it was written by Sadayuki Mudai, who wrote scripts for Cowboy Bebop, Doodadada, and the screenplay for Millennium Actress. Wow. That's, Boom. you know, nothing. <laughs> Drop the bomb Nothing there. right there. Nothing special. The, uh, the synopsis says, it's been a thousand years since the Gauna, a strange alien race with no known method of communication, destroyed the solar system. A portion of humanity managed to escape using enormous seed ships like the Sidonia, which have allowed them to maintain the population while drifting through space. Nagate Tanikaze is a young man who has been raised deep in the bowels of the ship. When he goes into training to pilot the huge robotic weapons known as guards, Nagate is entrusted with piloting the legendary unit known as Tsugumori. Nagate and his fellow pilots put their lives on the line against the Gauna in the ultimate battle for the survival of humanity. So you guys before, before were talking about how you didn't really like the trailer because it's pretty much all CG. So uh, it just it bothers me. For you don't one like the reason. frame rate. For, I think the frame rate looks terrible. Yes, I and agree. So I, it didn't bother me at all. I, so people that hear that it's all CG, I don't. I don't want you to think, oh, Appleseed the movie, because Appleseed the movie looks very cheap. This this anime, it, you can tell it's CG, but it looks. It's a CG style that's attempting to look like hand drawn animation. If you watched Arpeggio of Blue Steel. It's basically the same animation process as that anime was. I, I was really pumped for this show. I put it high on my list also. I had it... Oh, where was it? I had it third. I couldn't get it because I had it third. So I had it third. Chiaki had it second. And um, Cram had it fourth. So basically, the the show, it looks like a space opera. It looks cool. It looks very cool. It, it looks, look looks serious. Cool. There's no goof stuff in the trailer. 
it looks like what I've been waiting for since Banner of the Stars was out. I'm not going to say it's going to be that good, but I, I, I hope it's good. So we don't I hope it's good, too. I put it really high on my list. Like I said, it was, it was my number four pick. Um, I, I think visually it looks kind of interesting, but I think, like you said, they're trying to use CG to emulate hand-drawn animation. And if you're going to use CG, just let it be CG because it's obvious that it's CG. And when you reduce the frame rate to what's more common in hand-drawn animation, it just looks bad. It lo- I think so. it looks expensive. but Yeah, it looks a little expensive. But I'm excited. We don't get very many space operas nowadays. That's true. And this this was mean, a show that when I was watching through all the PVs, it bumped it from like a five, six, seven on my list up to one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted this one, but there were other priorities for me. We'll get to that. So getting into my top five picks, this was Whoa, my number four pick. So, so are we now, and are we officially into the, into the good shows, into the ones we think are, are going to be good? I don't know. This might be another pick that surprises people. Okay. My number four pick was No Game, No Life. It's based on a light novel that started in 2012. It's currently ongoing with five volumes. Uh, a manga started this year with only one volume, so really the source material is the light novel. The director is Atsuko Ishizuka. It's a girl, what? a female director. And it is rare, but they, they do exist. This is her first jump into solo directing. She's worked on a couple projects, none of note, and not in any position worthwhile mentioning. But I'm just kind of excited to hear it's a girl because not to imply that that it would fix it, but I would hope that some of the normal tropes might be removed just from having a female at the head of the team saying, I don't need giant boobs all the time in our viewer's face. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. This one got bumped up for me. Originally, when I read the synopsis, it was low. So the synopsis is, it's the, the story of No Game, No Life centers around Sora and Shiro, a brother and sister whose reputation as brilliant neats, or not in education, employment, or training, as hikikomori shut-in gamers, have spawned urban legends all over the internet. So these are like the top players in WoW or something like that. These two gamers even consider the real world as just another quote-unquote crappy game. One day they are summoned by a boy named God Sounds into like an alternate disorder. world. There, God has prohibited ha, prohibited war and declared this world to be where everything is decided by games, even national borders. Humanity has been driven back into one remaining city by the other races. So Sora and Shido are brought to save humanity. It sounds dumb in a lot of ways. I won't I won't deny that. The only reason why it got bumped up, originally it was at like 10 or so. I bumped it up because the PV looks really pretty. Yeah, it is. Uh, it looks real, really pretty. Real, got, real bright. I got to tell you, Chiaki, I'm backing away from this one big time. You're allowed. I'm I not, mean, I'm not gonna this is it. a show that I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to opt to watch it should you pass it. It made it There's, on my list, but it was way down the list. I didn't put it any. I didn't even put it on my list. There's too many things in this trailer that automatically I don't want to watch. The the characters, they just they're first of all, there's like three really really lowly con moe character looking characters in the trailer. There's some like goofy cat girl stuff. There's a couple panty shots in the trailer, and I'm just. I don't know. I, I know you. I know you wanted to watch it because it looks beyond gorgeous, and and it does look very beautiful. It looks very expensive and very nice. 
I don't know about this one. I think a lot of my picks came from... I wanted maybe to pick things this season that I wouldn't normally pick. I wouldn't normally pick a show about Neats. I wouldn't normally pick a show about Moe. You're breaking the mold. And that's so, okay. I think part of my choices came from that. I wanted to give what I could find to be the best. There were like three or four shows about Neats this season. That, what, what is with that anyway? So I wanted to pick what I thought was the best Neat show. And and well, it looks give like it this a shot. Is, it looks at the very least. It looks it looks beautiful. People that are driven a lot by aesthetics will probably like the show. What studio is this? This anime is done by Studio Madhouse. Okay, uh, so. that's why. I figure if they're putting that much money into the visual visuals, maybe there's something to it. We'll see. Okay, so moving on from this. So up until now, I hadn't had any sports anime on my list, right? But I am now going to announce my first sports anime. Dun dun dun. So. <laughs> And I don't think I had a trailer for this one, so I apologize for people that are watching and want, and want the trailer. I uh, I don't have one, so. But this first sports anime that I'm going to be covering is called Baby Steps, and I'm not a huge fan of tennis, but it doesn't matter. I do love sports, and Baby Steps is an anime that is directed by. Masahiko Murata, who has a very long list of credits. He did Corpse Princess. He's doing the new Ghost in the Shell OVA, or Ghost in the Shell Arise. And he's he did part of the Serial Experiments Lane anime. He's done a bunch of the Naruto movies and, and some other stuff also. Um, Baby Steps is is being produced by the studio by Studio uh, Parrot. Pierrot. Piero. 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 It means uh, clown in French. I wrote down the art director because the art director is pretty well known. His name is Kunihiko Inaba, and he's most well known for being the art director of Madoka Magica, uh, Ozuma, and Megane Boo most recently. And this has been based on a ma- this is based on a manga that has been serialized in Shonen Jump since the since late 2007. So it is a Shonen Jump anime. Um, right now, I am showing the wrong trailer in the chat, so I apologize for that. Um, the, the the synopsis is that um, Maruo Aitiro, or, or Achan, I understand why they nicknamed him because his name is horribly hard to pronounce, a first-year honor student one day decides he's unhappy with the way things are and he lacks exercise. He finds a flyer for the tennis club and decides to check it out. He's instantly captivated by it. With no prior experience and poor physical conditioning, um, A-chan embarks on a tennis journey using his smarts, dedication, and work ethic. So, it looks like a nice, sort of a nice sports anime. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about it. I know that if, if it's been serialized in Shonen Jump since 2007, it's probably a fairly well-received manga to be having such a long run. If it's been serialized since, since for about seven years, it's also probably going to be, it has the potential to be pretty long. Now there are sports anime that have been that have a lot of manga volumes that you know sort of just cover a piece of the a piece of what's been serialized. But so I don't know that it will actually have a long run, but it has the potential to be long. This anime is called Baby Steps. It's based on it's a tennis anime and it's coming out next season. So, all right, the next show I'm going to be talking about is my number two pick based on a manga, and it is called Ping Pong. That's right, Cram selected a sports show. Are you wait? Can you believe it? Wait, are you serious? I'm serious. Is wow. ping pong really a sport? I'm just kidding. Whoa. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, it's an. It's not only is ping pong a sport. It's an, Olymp- yeah, it's it's an, an Olympic, Olympic sport. I know. I know. 
So, I just I just want to see the look on your faces. Studio producing this is Tatsunoko Productions, directed by Masai, uh, Masayuki uh, Yuasa, excuse me, uh, who directed Happy Machine for the Genius Party anthology, and he also directed Tatami Galaxy, which I haven't seen, but it's on my list because it looks really good, and T- I heard it's really good. Tatami Galaxy is a pretty well-received anime that... um. I have never really heard anybody say bad things about, so you are probably right. So the creator of the manga is a man by the name of Taiyo Matsumoto, who also created uh, a franchise. There's not a lot to it to call it a franchise, but uh, Tekon Kinkrete. Tekon Kinkrete, yes. yes. Okay. Well, there's a new... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Senkarol. Sorry. Oh. Um, and the synopsis is that uh, Makoto Tsukimoto, nicknamed Smile, is a quiet high schooler who's been friends with the loud and energetic Yukata Hoshino, nicknamed Peko, since childhood. Peko-chan? Peko-chan, from uh, the Fujia. Fujia cake suites, shop? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're both in the local te- table tennis club and both have a natural talent for it, although Smile's personality always enables him from winning against Peko. Uh, the wording here is kind of strange. The club teacher, however, notices Smile's talent and tries to make him gain some sportive tenacity. Okay. Um, the thing that stands out to me about this trailer um, is basically its style. It looks a lot like Tech on Concrete. Is it rotoscoped? I don't think so. Okay. No. It, it looks I it looks a little Akunohana-esque mm. the trailer, rotoscoping style to me. The trailer is impressive. It looks it, it looks really good. It has a very distinct style. The character it, it, it's it's of a style where the characters' faces have a lot more detail. There they have very unique looking faces. So you know a lot of anime you'll just have the same face with different hair, basically. Mm. Different hair and different eyes. This anime is one of those shows where everybody's face looks totally different. Yep. And I appreciate that. It, it's kind of going least, for that hyper-real thing. It, it also looks to have some interesting like cinematography. There, there's some uh, interesting perspectives and some different interesting angles at lots which of, they show footage. Exactly, lots of use of wide-angle lenses yeah. and things like that. Um, the animation looks surprisingly fluid. Uh, and I, I don't. It looks really good to me. I'm extremely it's, interested in this one. I think it looks really good. I'm shocked that you picked this one as a yeah. sports anime. I'm interested so, in this one too. Yeah, I will. Cool. I will admit, if if I didn't see it so high on your list, this might have been higher on mine. But yeah. I went with sumo <laughs> instead. The sumo one looks interesting to me, but I can't find anything on it. I'm just interested that there's an anime about sumo like coming out. Who so. knows if it'll happen, but either way, I want to watch this uh, one also. I think, I think this looks great. Cram, a couple people in the chat have actually commended you for picking up a sports anime. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> and, and Cram didn't, didn't take this one from me at all. I, uh, I sort of passed on this one, so. Yeah. So my number three pick was Black Bullet. <laughs> Black Bullet started as a light novel in 2011, and it has seven volumes of light novel. It became a manga in 2012, and the manga has three volumes. So there is a fair amount of content for this to draw from. The director is Masayuki Kojima, and he did the he was the director for Monster and Piano No Mori, to name two of his big wow. titles. Wow, Piano No Mori is a sort of an obscure movie. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. So... Two of his his bigger roles were those. The music is done by Shiro Sagitsu, who also did the music for Bleach, Magi, and the Evangelion movie reboots. Oh, cool. So there are some people with names involved on this project. The plot is in a near future, humans have been defeated by viral parasites named Gastria. They have been exiled into a small territory and live in despair side by side in terror. So it's 
basically kind of a viral parasitic world is ending. Our two protagonists are Enju, a precocious young girl, and Rentaro, a boy living near Tokyo and a member of civil security. They end up being involved in a top secret mission to present, prevent the destruction of Tokyo. Oh, wow. This is one of those shows that I don't know. I, th- I think it was on the list of I'm picking things that maybe I wouldn't normally draw to, but I am in the mood for something different this season, or I want to maybe get them a little more representation. The The main girl is a little Moe-esque, and the dynamic between the guy and the girl already kind of looks predictable from the PV. But the PV has some good-looking action, and there were more than a couple things that interested me in it. So if it sucks, I just won't pass it. Okay, well. Interesting. Cool. It's your turn. Okay, so following and continuing with my reputation, I am going to be covering another sports anime. So people were actually asking about this one in the chat already. So I am going to be doing the anime Haikyuu. So Haikyuu is an anime that is also a Shonen Jump show. It is directed by Mitsunaka Susumu, whom I looked through his, his history and he didn't really have any super notable credits for directing. So this is maybe sort of his first big foray in, into uh, directing. The art direction has a very well-known artist by the name of Ichiro Tatsu, uh, Tatsuta, whom is most well-known for doing Usagi Drop, which is a very well-liked anime, uh, Genshiken, the second season, and also Robotics Notes. So he's somewhat well-known. And of course, the production is done by Production IG. So, we all pretty much know who that is because they've been they've very very well known and prolific in the in the anime world. Um, what I want to say about this one first and foremost is that it had a gigantic promotion at Anime Japan 2014. Yep. If the pr- production companies are going to b- be believed, they want this to be like the new Kuroko yeah. no Basuke. So this sh- this had maybe four or even five different displays at the con. A- it was probably the single most promoted new anime at the show, um, which kind of made me feel a little confused because the PV for this, the trailer itself, was really underwhelming. So, you know, you have you're you're really putting you're really, you know. Sh- displaying some big guns at, at a convention like Anime Japan, and then you don't really put much effort into the trailers. It, it kind of gives me a mixed message, but, um, you know, it looks nice. Um, the story is a chance event triggered Shoyu Hinata's love for volleyball. His club had no members, but somehow persevered and finally made it into its very first and final regular match of middle school, where it was literally demolished by Tobio Kageyama, a superstar player known as King of the Court. Uh, he, vowing revenge, uh, Hinata applied to the Karasuno High School Volleyballs Club, only to come face-to-face with his hated rival, Kageyama. This legendary combo with Hinata's mobility and Kageyama's precision ball handling, together they will take on the local tournaments and vow to meet Karasuno's fated rival school in the Nationals. I wonder what Freud would say about you both picking shows with lots of balls in them. <laughs> precision that... ball handling. <laughs> wow. What that means. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to this show. It's another off-the-beaten-path sport. What is with this season? We had sumo wrestling, ping pong, and now volleyball. I'm looking forward to it. I've That's never cool. seen volleyball done in anime before. Has there ever been a lacrosse 
show? I don't, I don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know if I've said this before, but I was actually on my school's junior varsity volleyball team in, in junior high. Oh, yeah. So I like volleyball. I went deep. That was my anyway, position. Anyway, next up, please. Balls deep. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> With supreme <laughs> ball handling. Um, the next show I'm going to be talking about was my number one. Number one pick. pick. Here we go. And it's a show called Captain Earth. Captain Earth. Captain Earth. I wanted Wind, this one also. Water. Heart. I, 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 Captain I, Earth. I had this one. I had this one fifth. So I wanted it, but couldn't commit. So uh, this is by Studio Bones, directed by Takuya Igarashi, who also directed Sailor Moon Super S, Soul Eater, and Star Driver. Is Sailor Moon Super S uh, the the series that's sort of considered the best of the Sailor Moon animes? Uh, maybe Sailor Sailor sure. Sailor Moon Sailor Stars or whatever it's called. Maybe I'm, Sailor I'm, Stars. I think is, not, but I think that's different I, from Super. I'm not very well versed in Sailor Moon. I apologize. The thing that really got me excited about this, besides the 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 trailer, because the trailer has a really kind of old school robot show sensibility to it that I think looks amazing. We have a um, lot of robots. A this lot. Season. A lot of them. Uh, but the series composition is by a person named Yoji Enokido, who wrote Fully Cooly. Gunbuster 2 Die Buster, Razafon, Redline, wow. and a huge chunk of Revolutionary Girl Utena. <gasps> oh. so, wow, that's uh, quite a resume. I think I think uh, that, that, that speaks volumes about the possibility that this show could be really, really good. Uh, so the synopsis is, one night right before summer vacation, Daichi Manatsu, a second year in high school, sees a weird round rainbow flying, floating in the sky above uh, Tanagashima and ventures there alone. He has seen the rainbow once before with, uh, or maybe not once before, but he has seen the rainbow before with the memories of his father's mysterious death and an encounter of a mysterious boy and girl. Daiji arrives on the island while the alarm of a building labeled Earth Engine is going off. Someone asks him if he's a captain, just as robotic intruders from Uranus called Kilt Gang arrive. The battle around the shining star, shining stars is about to begin. So yeah, kind of sounds like your typical setup for a mech show kid gets involved with robot shenanigans and ends up piloting the thing and craziness happens but that's okay with me that's kind of that's how valver started and i thought, I thought that, valver that was really good that so. summary right there cram should just be immortalized in anime fandom that's forever it, yeah. the trailer looks very nice it's, it does it um, looks really pretty i'm uh, i'm really happy that there's a lot of mecha shows this season mecha kind of gets underrepresented sometimes and um it looks great so you never know. I mean, there. This never was know my number one for a reason. Although, thinking about it now, I think ping pong is probably actually my actual number one for the season. But um, this this is a really great season for anime. Yeah, There's so, so many shows that I that I'm, really I'm hopeful for. It's a really interesting season. There's we have of, a really interesting a variety mix. of stuff coming out. So speaking of variety, my number one pick was a show called Ishikan Friends or One Week Friends. It is based on a manga that has four installments currently. It's still continuing. And it started in 2012, so it is based on an original source. Most of the staff, the director, the scriptwriter, basically everyone has minimal experience. The only person who has some experience is the art director. And the reason why I bring that up is because the plot summary for this story was interesting enough, but watching the PV, I became really interested in it because the PV reminds me a lot of Usagi Drop, which was a fantastic show about a single father or a guy who 
inherit not inherited but but ended up being a single father through a series of events and it also reminded me of oh kimiko watched it and she'll kill me for not remembering it but but the show about that that took a very realistic portrayal of of gender and cross-dressing boys and girls and i forgot so the style was part of what sold me on it but the art director wasn't actually involved in any of those but i did find out that the art director was involved with bacano and a couple other large named well animated looking things so the plot summary for Ishukan Friends is Kaori Fujimiya is always alone because all of her happy memories, including time spent with her friends, disappear every Monday. Deciding that he wants to be friends with her anyway, Yuki Hase tries to get close to Kaori each week, wishing that she would one day call him a friend. So... I know the amnesia thing, short-term memory loss has been... It's 51st dates, the anime. (laughs) I know. I know it's been used and used again to hell and back. No, but it's been been done really well before. That's... Um, that's, Honestly, if it's 51st dates, if it's as charming as I find that movie, I'm not saying good, I'm saying charming. Well, (laughs) that's my opinion. F, (laughs) F, A Tale of Memories is a great anime, and it sort of has a similar idea. So that anime was about I think it was it was I think it was every 24 hours he had to he had to he had to see her every 24 hours in order to in order to allow her to remember him and you know because if he didn't if he would not see her see her for a 24 hour period he would she would totally forget who he was yeah so he she, it was that was a good show the, the chat helped me out thank you crutch nine ten and outlaw Ma- Mazinger. the one I was talking about was Haru Musuko Wandering Sun that was the the gender show that I couldn't remember. In all seriousness, this was like my number three pick. So, and I, I can't remember who the staff was, but it was because of the staff. Really? Because when I looked at the staff, I couldn't find I anyone it, worth was, noting. I thought it was because of the staff. I was pretty I, sure it I was. I had this one six. It looked. It looks. I think that the 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 plot has a lot of promise. They can do something great with this one. Will they do something great? I don't know, but we'll have to see. The the director Taoru Iwasaki has been an animator before and the only other thing i can find for director is baki the grappler yeah Uh, maybe it was the writer i could have sworn that this had something to do with maybe series composition by shotaro suga anyway i'm moving us along here so sorry we'll we'll see how it is we only have one more show to cover i think and um that is my number one selection for the season i am doing the anime that everyone probably thinks i'm doing so there's no surprises here but I am selecting JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders. Mitsugi cannot get enough of those oil JoJo. packs and pecs and. <laughs> so JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is directed by uh, Naokatsu Tsuda, who did the first JoJo. It has mostly the same the same production and ca- and cast of staff as the first. That's done by David Production and Warner Brothers, which is the same as the first anime. It's based on the third the third section of the of the long running manga JoJo's Bizarre Adventure which is has something like a 100 volumes or more it, it could go on forever they're actually on like their eighth JoJo right now so the first JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was extremely was extremely fun and pretty good uh, it got nominated for like four or five Oscars in our anime Oscars which which we did a few weeks ago the plot summary is that it's pretty long in the year is, 18, is 1987, and 17-year-old Jotaro Kujo finds himself suddenly plagued by a ghost-like entity. 
Jotaro's grandfather, Joseph Joestar, a veteran of a fight to save humanity 50 years prior. So this anime takes place 50 years after the last anime ended. Arriving, er, he arrives with his own supernatural aura and explains that this power, known as the Stand, physically manifests its user's spirit and can be controlled by its user at will. The sudden emergence of these stands is revealed to be caused by the revival of the megalomaniacal vampire Dio, the Joestar's longtime enemy, whose awakening from his century-long slumber has triggered stands to awaken down the, uh, the Joestar family line, including Jotaro's mother, whose uncontrollable stand is, will ultimately kill her in a few weeks' time. Jotaro, Joseph, and their allies have 50 days to locate Dio using their stands to thwart Dio's network of devoted stand user minions along the way, and eliminate Dio himself in order to save Jotaro's mother and prevent Dio's ambitions of world domination. That, now that, that is a plot synopsis. Wow. None of this, like, two-sentence crap. Someone in the chat pointed out that you're not really a fan of the cute Moe girls, but you really love muscly men, don't you? <laughs> well, Do you? I that, really loved, uh... I really, yes, it's true. Just greasy muscles. Greasy muscles really do it for me. You probably like free. Maybe I would. So one one other thing that I'll say about this anime is that they they did a nice job with the trailers here. So f- when they were making the the trailers for this, each character has his own trailer, and there's like six trailers. I just want to say a little uh, behind the scenes, Mitsugi is more excited for Jojo than I have ever seen him in okay. the history of the podcast so, for so anything. Normally, anime don't get as much of an anticipation as games do. Mm. Games will be announced two years before they come out. But for anime, there is not this long, long wait, this long anticipation of a show. But at least for me, I have never been so excited for an anime as I am for Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. So... It's the last anime was really great. I'm a big fan of the show. We'll probably have Sorbo Ryu from Gundam at MAHQ come on the podcast to talk about it with us because he's a somewhat of an aficionado at this uh, series. And it'll probably be one of the most watched anime of the season. So JoJo's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm very excited for it. A lot of style. A lot of a lot of great action. It looks yeah. cool. I need to get through the first series so I can watch this. It's a very easy watch. Um, it's it's very out. It's very off over the top at times, but the characters are really cool. So. I mean, I I enjoyed JoJo when I watched it. I just think it's funny how every time I see you, I think I hear you mentioning JoJo's coming out soon. It's gonna come out soon. Weird. <laughs> if I if I can promise you one thing from this show, it will have great action and a lot of style, so. and well oiled and well oiled pecs. <laughs> Except uh, Joe uh, Toto wears like a wears like a. Like a trench coat, sort of. I already of, so. saw it open with his chest. Oh, really? Listening. Okay, I well, thought. I right, thought well, the we'll trailer. See. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Crazy. Those are those are our shows from the season. Those are our picks. Do we want to go through our picks? Just just speed through them with the yeah. titles, just I, as a I review. I'll do mine first, real quick. Uh, I'm doing M3 Sono Kuroki Tetsu, Mushishi Zoku Shou, which is the sequel to the to the Mushishi anime, Baby Steps. Haikyuu and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders. I'm doing Captain Earth, Ping Pong, Knights of Sidonia, Broken Blade, and Brynhildr in the Darkness. Mine are Ishukan Friends, Black Bullet, No Game, No Life, Akuma No Riddle, and 
Sorry, that title just escaped me. Amarimbo Kishi Matsutaro. We're going to take a short news break, and when we come back, there's going to be a review that I'm very excited for, and that is Hamatora the Animation. And you boys' discussion on this is just going to be fantastic, be I'm fun. sure. Can't wait. It's going to be a thing. Five out of five. <laughs> Spoilers. While we're away, there'll be another poll question. What AAA podcast, highly anticipated anime, are you most excited about this season, for those of you listening live? Hayaku, or Haiku. Haiku. I, I can't talk. My speaking capacity just vanished. <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Captain Earth, Knights of Sidonia, or Other. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Hail you anime addicts, this is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, for those of you who don't live in Japan, you may be asking yourself why this is news, but it's rather interesting on the effects it could have of the anime industry. Coming soon in Japan, there will be a tax increase, one of the first since 1997, it's going to start on April 1st, that will raise taxes from 5 to 8%. Now, many retailers are worried about how this tax increase will will affect consumer spending. One such industry is the gacha pawn industry. Those machines that you put the coins into spin the wheel and get a prize out of. Gacha pawn are normally sold in 100 yen increments because Japanese have a nice 100 yen coin. So they came up with a creative solution as to how to account for this 5 to 8% tax increase. The new Gachapon prices will be $3 to $5, but the toys will be bigger. Instead of the spherical balls, they'll be sold in can-shaped cases. Now these they hope that will add value, and it might affect you with regards to what products are on the market. In other news, animation studio A1 Pictures has produced a special Tokiwa Meguru Tokyo Station, or Time Flows Tokyo Station to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the Tokyo Station City train station. A 30-second promotional video is currently streaming and features the theme song Tokiwa Meguru, or Time Flows, by Yu Sakai, who also did work in Nodame Cantiblier finale. The full-length anime will premiere in the spring, but you can find this little blurb on YouTube. In other news, for those of you who are fans of Magical Girls, the official website for the Magical Girl Lyrical Nanaha has recently announced that three of the franchise's television series will get their first Blu-ray release. The first Magical Lyrical Nanaha series will be shipping on October 1st. Nanaha A's on November 5th and Nanaha Strikers on December 3rd. So for those of you who are fans of this anime franchise, this is a great opportunity for you to own it in the high-def glory that it's always deserved. Speaking of owning anime things, the Good Smile Company is currently taking pre-orders for several new Nenroid figures, and amongst them are Kill a Kill's Yuko Matoi and Miss Monochrome. Kill a Kill is of course an incredibly popular series this current season, and the Nenroids are very cute. Each Nenroid comes with three different facial expressions, alternate hand parts, guitar case, and alternate eye parts for Senkitsu. This was Chiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon.
and we're back to our final segment of the 220th episode of the Animatics Anonymous podcast. Before I let you boys get into that review of Hamatora, what are our poll results meet to be? So with 50% of the votes, the winner of the poll is Knights of Sidonia. So I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah, I, I hope it is. I'm very excited for it, so I hope it is not a disappointment. That's all I have to say. You never, you never know. I'm often, I remain cautiously optimistic. Hope springs eternal. Speaking of hope, will will this anime give me hope for the future of the anime industry? Oh yeah. Well, let's find out. Let's 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 jump in. Sorry, I just jumped 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 the gun a little bit. So Hamatora is a show that began airing in the winter season. It's directed by Hiroshi Kira. Whom he, he does have some directorial credits to his name. I'll just go through him here. He um, he directed Rumbling Hearts, um, Recorder, and Ranzaru, which is a comedy sh- a comedy anime that came out um, not too long ago. High Tai Nanafa, and he has a lot of episode directorial credits, but that's the, pretty much it for the full chief director. director of Hamatoto, though, was Seiji Kishi who has made an, quite the name for himself uh, with not a whole bunch of credits, but he directed Angel Beats, Arpeggio Blue Steel, which we know you're the biggest fan of, Mitsugi, uh, Danganronpa, Devil Survivor 2, uh, Fate Prototype, the OVA. I, I don't know. So I far, gotta, I've only heard one of those that gives I, me hope I, I, I gotta tell you, I got to tell you, Cram. Decline, Persona Cram, 3, the movie. A bunch, Cram, we haven't them. really liked Seiji Kishi on this podcast. I think I think we, we, we burned Arpeggio hey, to, to the I ground. I didn't say he was good. I just um, said he did stuff. Well, we gave Dong and Rumpa like a two, right? Two and a half. Uh, that, that was, that was no, so. no, no bueno. Devil no Survivor, bueno. Devil Survivor two was mediocre. Um, what else has he done? Arpeggio got the pooper, or, yeah, or was already. nominated for the pooper scooper. But despite that, he's kind of made a name for himself. A huge name. Yeah. Seiji Kishi is very well. Uh, that is true. Um, Animation production was done at Naz N A Z Studios. What has Naz done? Psh, psh. That's what they've done. Yeah, that's no, what they've done. <laughs> yeah, they don't have a lot of Dangan credits. <laughs> they've done. Da- they did production, production assistance on Dangan Ronpa, and they did. This is their first animation production credit. So they're, so a, they're a new, new studio. They're a new studio. Um, I will say that I didn't think the anime looked terrible. No, it's very fine. It's fine. It it's, doesn't. It's a very just okay. It's not going to blow your socks off, and it's not going to offend you with how ugly it is. I I completely agree. I had no qualms. I I didn't like the character designs very much. Yeah. They're a I little. Mean, they're a little odd. I, I I know it's not good when a character looks really boring, but I mean, the main character Nice was really. His name's Nice, by the way. Don't yeah. please don't be confused. Nice Coon. Nice. We'll call him Nice Coon. Um, I didn't really like the character designs on the show. I mean, Nice Coon has like a bandaid on his face and these giant earphones and funny looking colored hair and. He, yeah, He's a little over the top. He yeah. looks very anime. To yeah. Me. Looking at pictures of him, it just screams with like with the big bright headphones and the backpack and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And so I'm I'm, I'm going to get the synopsis out of the way here. Go okay? for it. So the the very short synopsis is that there is in this anime there is a power called the minimum, and the minimum is a special inborn power that is found in only a limited number of human beings. And these human beings are called minimum holders. So it's an ability that you're born with. It's not like you you learn how to do it or you, you know, get a disease or something. Uh, in Yokohama, there is a detective team called Hamatora, who is formed by two minimum holders who, whose, na- whose, whose names are Nice, whom we will call Nice-kun, and Murasaki. And... Who we'll call Murachan. Murachan, okay. <laughs> um, I, the first thing I thought when I saw this anime was that it's 
Very similar to Get Backers. I haven't seen that. That's what you said. Get Backers is an anime about two people with special powers who have a basically a, a detective odd job agency where it, people go and give them jobs to do. It felt to me kind of like a mix between Buffy the Vampire Slayer and how they're based out of a shop that doesn't expressly... It's not expressly open for the purpose of Hamatora. It's actually a bar. Yeah. Uh, kind of the way the, the Buffy crew hangs out in the library and then later on in the magic shop in the show, if, if you know Buffy. And then also kind of like X-Men because they've got the superpowers and they're right. kind of a ragtag group of, you know, variously powered individuals. Yeah. 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 So that's about as, that's about where the similarity ends with Getbaggers, though, I will say. It's the actual overarching plot is not, is not similar. So they come across information in their agency connected to a serial killer who is being pursued by their old friend whose name is Art. He is a detective. Please don't be confused by the name Art. It is, we're not talking about paintings and stuff. It turns out all of the victims are minimum holders, just like the Hamatora crew. And they take on the case to be involved in the, in the investigation. I feel like to come up with the names for the characters in the show, they just opened up an English dictionary and just pointed. Nice. Nice. Nice is good. Nice. Art and Art. Um, sandwich. Sandwiches. <laughs> sandwich coon. Yeah. So th- I will say that the reason why I passed this show was because around the third episode, they started to get into this concept in the show that I really appreciated. It was the concept of equality in society amongst people. They were starting to get into the fact that people that have minimum powers are sort of given favor in society they get better jobs they are more successful they're powerful they're more confident and just generally better yeah and the people that so they're the haves and the have-nots exactly and there's this guy in the anime who's what was the what was the villain's name moral moral that's right (laughs) <laughs> there you go. We flipped to the M section of yeah. the bad morals. It's, so it's a little on the nose. The fact that his name is the protagonist's name is nice, and the villain's name is moral. I mean, come on. He wants to sort of create a balance in society. He does. He's very much like the villain from The Incredibles Syndrome. Uh, I haven't seen The Incredibles, but oh, what? what? So sorry. It's oh, so my. good. Yeah, it's great. You got to watch it. Okay. Um, no capes. Yeah, no capes. <laughs> no kips. Uh the the villain in in the Incredibles his whole the, the the whole thing behind like his whole MO is that he wants to give everyone superpowers because when everyone becomes special no one will be no special. No one will be special, right? right. No, so I, and, and that that comes from because he he was hurt early on by Mr. Incredible in the movie so his motivations are kind of clear. I don't think Moral's motivations no, are as clear. They're not clear. And I don't think that his goal is to make everybody nor like no, no one is special if everyone's special. No, I, it's ju- he just says, he just keeps yelling about equality. He's a nutbag. Yeah, he's crazy. So, so that's why I originally passed this anime. I, in addition to there being a reasonable good, reasonably good action scene in the first episode, and I gotta say that I don't think the anime did a very good job of fleshing out that theme. No, not at all. Not very well good. No, and it didn't, and it certainly didn't help that out of the twelve episodes, maybe like. Five or six of them could have just been cut completely, completely yeah. and the the yep. central story would not have been affected one iota. I actually apologized on Twitter about this regarding this anime when I saw what I think was maybe the sixth episode where they just had the the bathhouse episode with oh. where every character after was a major just, character death too. Yep. So. <laughs> 
They, well, they they, no, they, they have an onsen episode first. First. And then, then the character death. Then they have a major character death. And, and then they then, go to Okinawa for the a beach. beach triathlon episode. Wait, where they, they beat each other anything? where they beat each other up with Goya? Come on. Actually, actually I was really shocked because he the, main, the the one character gets killed and there is like no discussion or mention of it at all. Oh, no, no, not at all. I was like I mean, I don't are think they not they, even going to acknowledge that he's dead? I don't think they dead? know. I mean like they, I don't think that they know he's dead to avoid spoiling it cuz it is kind of a new show. Yeah. I don't think the Hamatora crew know that he's dead, but they just kind of leave it there for the next I don't know four episodes before yeah. they're like, oh well, he he might not actually be dead. <laughs> In fact, I, he's probably not. I really hated that bathhouse episode. I mean, every character in the episode was homosexual, and they made a big joke out of it. There's nothing wrong with being homosexual. There, there's but nothing wrong with it, but it's just the way that they did it in the anime. It's, it was just pure comedy. I mean, one of the characters had his quote unquote minimum power was that he did sit ups. To release a male sex pheromone, mm-hmm. sex pheromone, where like if you breathed in his sex pheromone that came out of his sweat, you would be unable to resist from have, having intercourse with him. That was his power. Is that is but that I'll, how you get girls to meet together? <laughs> mm, yeah, just do setups. Yeah. But it, his, pop, his power only pop. worked on other dudes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because once the girls walk in, he's like, "Oh no, I'm I'm not interested I mean, in ladies." So my minimum, my minimum, it's called a minimum, right? Minimum, yeah. Yeah, my minimum doesn't work on on the ladies it was just unbelievable well, i mean the biggest uh, crime is that it doesn't have anything to do with anything else in the show nothing. which is which is i mean i would say probably half of this show half of the events that happen in this show have almost nothing to do with the central conflict with moral and the way he's trying to give everyone these minimums so that you know he can reach his goal of equality just the most basic of all motivations that you don't even really understand in the first what place. What was that? What was that second mailbag question we had about filler? Filler. That's that's this show. This is this is we mostly a lot of filler. filler. And when they do try to tie it to, like they they attempt to tie some of the events to the central conflict. In that, you know, at, for example, at the end of the bathhouse ep- bathhouse episode with the guy who releases the pheromones as his power. They briefly mention at the end, they're like, oh, well, he wasn't naturally born with his minimum. It was given to him. And then it ties it into the fact that yeah. probably Moral gave it to him because Moral has been giving the, the what they call them, non-innate. Non-innate, non-innate minimum holders. holders. Yeah. Been giving them these powers to, again, reach his goal of social equality or something. I guess. I yeah. guess. Exactly. <laughs> That's. I watch the show and I'm like, so he's doing this because something i guess and at the end of the show they do something similar with the story that i really did not care for very much and that's so moral is sort of causing a a movement a rebellion a, a social uprising well in society he's what what does he do he he has like minimum in 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 non innate minimum holders that he has created sort of leading um non minimum holders in like packs to sort of cause riots yeah what he wants to do is he wants to hurt large groups of humanity to make them see that they're weak so that then they will want the minimum uh you know a minimum bestowed upon them that he is offering right and then that's how he uh, assumes to reach his goal so we had when he first started doing that i thought the show was beginning to get interesting they, the riot happens. They're committing really bad crimes. Like someone gets kicked and, th- and knocked in front of a car and killed. Um, people are getting killed in the anime. For There's as bright and colorful and kind of pop arty as as the show is, it is 
it gets surprisingly and randomly violent, like right. b- downright bloody. Yeah, and but right in the midst of all of that happening, they choose to go on this tangent where a character who was given a non non innate powers still finds himself weak. Right. And so he wants to start exercising to become stronger. <laughs> and there's a girl in their cafe bar where they have their homotor Well, he's not meetings. trying to get stronger. He, he's, what happened was when Moral gave him the, the minimum, it made him, number one, oh, that's right. transform into a giant purple beast, yes, not okay, unlike yes. you know, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, and it also made him go crazy. Okay, yeah. So they put they end up capturing him. He gets in jail. He comes back some seven episodes later toward the end of the series. And his mind has kind of healed itself. He is back to his normal senses right. of a he's, junior high he's school He's like a boy, 12-year-old boy or whatever. Something like that. So he's like, well, I want my body to go back to normal too. And their right, idea is yeah. let's, let's, let's get you on a diet and exercise plan so you can lose weight and then maybe you won't be a big purple monster. And, and there's this... <laughs> And there's this girl who's <laughs> and there's this girl who's randomly really powerful in the in the in the bar and she's eating like her tenth parfait for the day and they're like, You're gonna get fat and she's like, Oh yeah, I'm fat. So she goes over to him and she says, Let's train together and they spend like a total of ten minutes on them training and like jogging and doing sit ups and it's like you you had something good with these riots. Like the show was getting was getting back to the story. You know, he's starting to sort of reveal his plot, moral is the wheels are turning finally and then no we're gonna go to like to like rocky exercise montage of something that is so meaningless in the story it just meanders the story just meanders to these places where like once it lands on something even remotely interesting it's like well we're not gonna stick with this we're gonna go and show you some some goofy side story that doesn't have anything to do with anything and, and like I get it, they're trying to build. They're trying to build his character up, build the you know the audience's kind of connection to his character, so that like when something happens to him later on in the series, you feel something. But it, I got to tell you, I he I, disappears for more than half the show. Like yeah, who shows cares? up, seems like a who monster cares? of the week, and then dis- disappears to come back toward the end, have a rocky montage where he's trying to lose weight or something. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, I think we can summarize all this by saying the writing is bad. Oh and, yeah, and I would go out on a limb and say that any one of the three of us, and probably nearly everybody that's watching live in our chat, could put together a story that is as good or better than the one in Hamatora. Its biggest problem is that it has no sense of momentum. There is there yeah, is well, no no event in the show. Or I mean, there there might be a handful, like two or three events in the show, that really feel like they're moving the story forward. Everything else feels feels like. Oh, this just happens now, I guess. This, this okay. I, now the story has to go here, so screw it. Here it is. I mean, how you can't have momentum if every time you even begin to do something, you completely pull away from it and yeah. go to something that's completely meaningless yeah. and, uh, and important. Or you try to pretend like the meaningless stuff that you're doing actually has some kind of relevance by by drawing this very very thin line, try, connecting this goofy obvious filler to yeah. you know a, a central story that's barely enough to you're, hang you're you know, really reaching interesting content on reaching it is, heavily it is there, there's a lot of reaching and um i so moving away from the from the from the bad writing for a minute i um i also didn't really like very many of the characters the the, the villain was was a he, he was bad i mean he right off the bat in like episode four he does he not confess everything he's doing to to art the the police detective yeah he's like oh it's me I want to make society equal, and he 
he's so obviously a villain. Right? I mean, he, he doesn't say what he's doing. He he says his motivations for the thing that he is doing, but there's no proof of what he's doing. And then, and then when they do have some proof of what he's doing, he burns down his complex, and that's like that's in the first half of the show. He, and then he disappears. Yeah. So. He, and he's such he's so obviously a villain, right down to his red eyes and like jagged knife-like teeth. Twenty ass teeth. I mean, come on. He's got now. Sephiroth hair. So yeah, he does have Sephiroth does hair. Have Sephiroth yeah. Hair. So I mean, I didn't like him very much as a villain. He he does do some bad stuff. So I appreciated that he at least you know. If he's gonna be a villain, at least he kind of acts like a villain. Yeah, at least he acted like a villain. Um, he had, he had at least he had clear goals in mind. Sure, his he motivations. Had a goal. He, you 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 understand. You understand that he has motivations. You don't know where exactly they came from. So he, he, we haven't explained that all of the minimum holders, the people who are born with these powers, have to go to a school called the Fult. What's it called? The Fultus Academy or something? I can't, Faculties. Rem- I can't remember, but most of the characters in the anime went to the school. So the Faculties Academy, they go there to kind of hone their powers. Art, the police de- uh, detective, also went there, but he doesn't actually have a power. Um, well, he, he is a minimum holder. Art. Art, I don't. I, he's not a minimum holder. He doesn't have any power. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. I, I thought he was a minimum holder, but he failed out of the academy. No, no, no. He doesn't have a minimum. He doesn't have a minimum at all. He's not. I'm not uh, really sure about that, but either way, he's he's generally powerless. He's definitely not. But anyway, um, actually, most of the characters in the show uh, drop out of the school. Most of the people in Hamatora drop out of the school. It's a pretty tough school, I guess. Um, or they're just lazy boneses. But Nice Coon is like the most. He drops out, I think. He does. But he's like the most powerful minimum horror they ever had, like yeah. legendary status. So we never actually mentioned what Nice's power is. So he can like he puts his headphones on, he snaps his fingers, and he can basically move at like light speed to right. the point where he looks like it's, he's it's instantly speed te- of sound. Speed of sound to the point where he looks like he's teleporting, and he will like he'll kill like he'll snap his fingers, end up right in your face, and drop kick you in the face. It is stuff it, like that. It is, it is kind of a. It is very stylish. When he puts I, I, on yeah. the headphones, you know that you know, shit's about to go down. He they, snaps his fingers and he zooms some, across the whatever. Some nifty effects and change the color some of the of rainbow, things. Yeah, rainbow effect and stuff. Uh, and Murasaki has like super strength. Yeah. His arms turn into like metal and he he'll punch you and like knock you through a building type of thing. Then there's another character called Ratio who wears an eye patch and he's a doctor and if he pulls up the eye patch he can see through you, kinda like an X ray, but he can specifically see like your weak point. Um, right, Which, and you don't see much of his power, I don't think. No, you don't. And as a child, it kind of affected him socially because the way he would use his power, he was as is he would look at people who were sick, like terminally terminally ill, and basically just tell them flat out, "You're gonna die soon." Right. That's how he meets another character as a child named Birthday. Birthday. We didn't even get to that. <laughs> so yeah, this. So we have so so we have moral, nice, art, and birthday, and ratio. And ratio, some of the worst names, and then, then and then randomly Murasaki, and and the, yeah Murasaki, just name just, just, just name him pencil case or something. Then there's Honey and Three, Honey, honey and, and Three. three. But let, let's talk about birthday and ratio. So birthday and ratio, they meet each other. Ratio tells a birthday that he's going to die soon because he has some kind of disease, and uh, birthday's resolve is so strong, his his will to live is so strong that when he goes through this, uh, you know, potentially life or death kind of surgery. Um, he comes out of it alive and proves Ratio's uh, prognostication wrong for the first Correct. time ever. Correct. That's how they become friends. So Birthday's whole thing is he has b- 
birthday has to stay alive to continually to prove ratio wrong and ratio wants him to do so because ratio doesn't want kind of this burden of knowing that people are going to die and being able to see their weaknesses. Correct. And that's probably why he wears the eye patch too is because he doesn't want to have that knowledge all the time. It's kind of this dark cloud over him. So uh, you can, under- some of the characters get some development like that. But I, even the, even, even the characters that get development and probably that might be the best out of all of them. Yeah, I found it not very compelling. I, I mean, certainly, I think Ratio and Birthday, their story and Three and Honey, I think their their uh, their stories are much better than the main two characters. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the characters that you spend the most time with are the least, maybe the least interesting. Yeah, uh, because Nice and Murasaki's basically their entire development is surrounded by the fact that. Uh, nice is the number one yeah. uh, person who ever went to alumni of the Facultas Academy, yeah, and Murasaki is number two. Number two, yeah. So there's a rivalry. Oh yeah, and they fight with Goya to resolve. That, that's <laughs> another rivalry. thing. Let's talk about the action for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So in the first episode, there was a pretty okay action scene. There was a guy that had a minimum hoarder. I think he was really strong he picked up a car or something and threw it at them yeah uh he has a he was called a gravity gravity, gravity guy, minimum so holder, he, i think gravity minimum so he picked up like a rock or a car and threw it at murasaki who punched the rock or the car and it explodes and then nice puts his headphones on and snaps his fingers and teleports in front of the guy and just lights him up this show initially i thought it had some okay action at, at yeah. least the first time I saw Nice's power, passable. I was like, "Yeah, it's certainly passable." I was like, "Oh, that was." I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting effect." You know, the rainbow thing, and I enjoyed the reaction in the first episode. But generally speaking, throughout the rest of the show, I found the action, maybe with this, with the exception of the of the very last fight at the end of the anime, I found the action to be very uninteresting. It was very samey, like and sparse. One, once you see, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of it, and once you see the one thing that they have going for them, which is the kind of the rainbow effect, whenever they start using their minimums, um, that's about as interesting as it gets. I, I think visually, my favorite thing about the show is they play with aspect ratio. Uh, so you they, were talking about that, yes. So they go from uh, your standard aspect ratio for a for a, a high definition series, which is sixteen by nine, and they go to, I believe it's. Uh, 2.36 by 1, I think. 2.36 by 1, which is cinematic. It's kind okay. of cinematic. And yeah. what happens is the, the the aspect ratio will kind of shrink in from the top and bottom, and the picture will get a lot thinner horizontally. So had the writing been dramatic, more dramatic, yeah. I think it would have served to increase the drama of certain scenes. I like the idea conceptually, but I don't think it ever actually does anything other than look kind of cool and conceptually be a good idea so we've sort of painted the anime as being pretty bad i think so far but was there anything that you specifically liked about the show the aspect ratio thing i mean other than that i thought some of the powers were kind of interesting but then then again they never use the powers in interesting ways so you know the 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 villain moral has the ability to change his face and change how he looks um right that's his that's his that's ability. His, that's his ability. He's like a chameleon. So, like, you have the, his ability is established, and then uh, you have someone like Ratio, whose ability is to see through people and to see their true weaknesses and all this kind of stuff. Right. And there never comes an opportunity where the writers think it would be interesting if 
you know, moral is transformed into somebody to disguise himself. And then ratio sees through that disguise because of his minimum holder, like, like this kind of clashing of, um, of powers is never explored in interesting ways. They just happen to have these cool powers because, you know, they're superheroes, but it's like the show doesn't have anything interesting to say about what these powers mean or how they might work together or against one another or anything like that. Cram, I think that this show's biggest problem with the writing was that I feel like it felt it felt as it felt like it had to exist through these odd jobs. Right. So I I almost feel like it's trendy or cool to have an anime about people that take on odd jobs. There's so many of them, and I just think that it's an easy way for people to write sort of write a story. But because of that, they have to sort of figure out ways to make these random odd jobs part of the overall plot and that's why you have these these seemingly completely irrelevant tasks that they try to tie in in a really weak and ineffective way at the end of the sort of small arc yeah so when it's a matter of balance though and it's a matter it's also a matter of weaving these stories together in interesting ways that don't seem contrived or loosely tied together just for the sake of making them seem like they're driving each other in interesting ways because it's it's all very kind of facile and uh, superficial in the show. I, I have a proposal for you, and sure. you can tell me if you think that this would this would have worked better. Yeah, go for it. So, this sort of structure of the of the story in that they're they're odd job people sort of lends itself to having small story arcs. Sure. Yep. I would have really have liked them to have. It's been done before in anime, but let's take maybe let's take the twelve episodes, and we'll have say three or four two-episode story arcs where they do a job. It's a, it's a self-included job. All self-contained. All self-contained. Yeah. I, I don't even like the way... I don't even like self-contained sort of episodic stories, but I think it would have been better if they had maybe two or three or even four two-episode story arcs that are totally self-contained, and then at the end, let's take the four or five-episode story of Moral and do it all at once. It's a completely separate story arc. You don't have to, like... You have more... And I, I think that works better than having moral spread over the entire 12 episodes and have these, these random BS jobs just tossed in there that detract from what is the most interesting and overarching story. I think, it's, I think it's even worse that they try to connect it to the central story in, in an interesting way. Because, I mean, because it ends up being... Superficial. Well, what do you think about what do you think about my proposal? No, I think I think that would be a good idea, and it would. What would make that even more interesting is if those self-contained stories had inciting incidents within them that kind of sparked the next self-contained story until they reach a place where they're will, where they're ready to deal with a much bigger conflict that that ends up becoming the brunt of the series. But uh, this show is is perfectly uh, happy, it seems, to tell little goofy stories, trying to connect them to the central conflict with Moral in a way that ends up not being interesting at all. You know, you've got this whole side story where Moral, before he starts recruiting people to give minimums to, right? He does this thing where he hand, he gives out handguns. He's like, "Do you want power?" Right. You know, and like, so he gives handguns to a few people to. I guess he says at one point to test test the waters for giving people minimums by giving them handguns, which seems like a really, really uh, simple uh, kind of uh, indictment of 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 loose gun control laws and and things like that. You know, maybe, but let's not give the 
I don't want to get into that. No, no, no. But the show's not, not, I don't, not that smart. Exactly. But I don't, I don't think it actually ends up working because, I mean, you could draw those comparisons to morals, whole uh, motivation about making people equal and about how when people find that they're weak, they want power. And when everybody has power, then everybody is the same. And, you know, it, it's an argument that you hear from, uh, from the right-wing conservatives about uh, gun control and how... You know, if everybody doesn't have the right to have a gun, then, you know, the only people that will have guns will be outlaws and all this kind of thing. It's it's that it's a very similar argument. And you can tie that into the story, but the story itself doesn't even know how to explore it in interesting ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't have much else to say, but I do want to talk about how randomly violent the show gets. It does. It uh, does get randomly violent. Especially at the end, there is a scene where a character is killed and... He has like a bomb inside of him or some kind of mechanism inside of him that that the villain can activate. Yeah. And he, it gets activated and his body explodes. And it literally, in a show that doesn't have very much gore in it for the most part. It's got some though. A little, yeah. a little. But not like no that scene. No puppy stomping. No, no puppy stomping. And not, but, and not like the scene at the end where it literally rains rains blood yeah. to the point where some certain characters in the area are they're, they're like carry the, the you know the old movie from the 70s or whatever covered yeah in blood like oh, it just splatters just everywhere everywhere and it's not it's not Shocking. even like it it's not even as bloody as say kill the kill for example but kill the kill is so cartoony that uh, it well, doesn't this is cartoony too it, it it is but it's it's a lot more realistic looking like it's going mm. for a much more realistic yeah, vibe perhaps than Kill the Kill is. So it, it does kind of shock the senses a little bit. It did to me at least. And, you know, there's a character that, that uses this hammer and he heats up the end of the hammer and smashes, he smashes this guy over the head with it and his head just explodes. Blood goes yeah. all over the wall. I didn't remember that. I was a little shocked. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, it's, a, it's pretty shocking. I don't really care about violence. I'm not, I'm not offended or it just squeamish. Feels out of place here. Yeah, but in an anime where, for the most part, there wasn't a whole lot of that, I was like, wow, jeez. I think go a, right at it, people. A lot of the problems with the characters to me and how they feel undeveloped um, is probably the fact that this was based on. This is actually the sequel to a manga. So there was. The, oh, really? Yeah. The yeah. the project, the whole project, the, the Hamatora project, is uh, what they call a mixed media project, where where they'll do like a manga first, and then they'll do a sequel to the manga as an anime, and then they'll do another installment as a video game. And there is actually a a, a role playing game out called Hamatora Man. Look at Smoking World. Look at Smoking World. Look at Smoking World. Um, and it's supposed to come out in July. So, so the first part of the story is in manga form. The second part is an anime, and the third part is uh. Uh, a video game I guess so like I can understand if you are committed to Hamatora as a story and you go for all three installments maybe your experience will be more complete but as a standalone anime it does not work no um, I don't think so specifically the characters suffer um, and even more specifically the main two characters Nice and Murasaki do you have any other comments about the show no not really it was just the whole thing was a slog it, I didn't. Yeah, I, mean, I was watching it. I, I was tweeting about it, and I had almost nothing nice to say about slog. it on Twitter. It was. I had to take breaks in between every single episode just to get through it because each episode felt dumber and more taxing than the last. And well, I I don't watch anime like that. I watch them week to week, like one at a time every week. Yeah. So I didn't have that that same sluggish experience. 
I didn't real I didn't truly dis I didn't hate this anime. I it's it was just sort of there. I mean, I I didn't feel one way or the other. I recognize that it's not a good show. The writing is the worst offense that the show's right. got. But it didn't kill me to watch it, but every once in a while I would just roll my eyes and say, "Why?" There's nothing about it that's outwardly offensive, but it does so little well. It it does several things very mediocre. I think the animation is mediocre and passable for the most part. Um, I think the performances are mediocre and passable for the most part. Uh, I, I think the story itself is horribly told. I just it pro- couldn't be told worse. <laughs> there's, there's I, I was a little bit offended by the cat girl in the show. The cat. Oh, the, with the tail. Yeah, the tail. Because she doesn't have cat ears, though. She's kind of. I, only are you sure there. she doesn't? Are you sure? She actually she might. Let me check. So the the reason the reason is because in this anime that has nothing like that in it. Yeah, she does not have cat ears. Uh, why why does the why does the writer or the character designer or whoever feel like I have to have a cat a cat girl in the end? It's clearly a real tail. Because she wags it. Yeah, and she stuff. wags and, it and it gets all poofy. And, and they po- focus on it. Why does the anime feel like I have to have that in my story to like the show? It was just so... I don't know. Why does Nice have bandages on his face? Is yeah, he, but that's... Is he Nelly? That's just a, that's just a character design element. Like, it just... It was just it's strange. I don't it was know. so maybe, anime. Maybe it has something... She doesn't have a minimum either, does she? The cat girl. What's her she name? She also has almost no role in the show at all. Yeah. Have you guys scored this yet? No, no. we haven't. We've been going oh, okay. on and on and on about it. But we're, we're at the end here. So, so Cram, your score for Hamatora the animation is... You know... I struggled, but because again, nothing is is outwardly offensive about it. But it does so little well, and I just did not enjoy my experience watching it. That I toyed with a two or a one and a half. I'm going with the one and a half. I really did not enjoy my time with Hamatora. Wow. Yeah. Did you know that on this podcast, anything lower than a two is actually called "might as well be a hentai." Yes, I did know that. Out of five. Sure. That's that's fine with me. This would make a. Bad, I can't. I can't recommend this to anybody. It like, would make. It would I'm make serious. a. It would make a bad hentai. Yeah, I would. I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5. I generally save things lower than a 2 for shows that I truly, truly loathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and this show was... I didn't loathe this show, but it's not good. So in our normal system, then it rounds up to a 2. A 2, a 2. I dislike this strongly. I wouldn't say that I loathed it. I would not recommend this anime for anybody. I think that there are a number of shows about odd job groups of people that are infinitely better than this show. Yeah. Infinitely better. And a lot more superhero shows that are infinitely yep. better. Shows that have basically the same thing to say, if you can say that Hamatota has something yeah. to say. And better action. Mm. Just, yeah. I can't recommend that anybody watch this one. It's another swing and a miss by Mitsugi, but I think that the show... It happens. The show really sort of let me down after that third episode, which I thought was pretty decent. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's the end of that. Well, thank you, everyone. If you are listening, downloaded, thank you for listening. Those of you who showed up in the live chat, thank you for yeah. showing up at our, our weird time. At the time we're broadcasting right now, it should be about 3 a.m. in the on the East Coast of the United States. So if you live there, you guys are champions, sleep-deprived yeah. and very loyal. I thank you very much. You're our heroes. As always, you can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes. Don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes, especially if you like us. 
Facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast, Twitter at AAA Podcast, and broadcasting live on Ustream.tv. But if you can remember AAAPodcast.com, we have handy dandy links to all of those right at the top of our page. Indeed. Taking us out tonight is the song Bloomin' Kranz from the anime Kill a Kill by the artist Siua. You are? Did yeah. I say that right? This song is just for you, Cram. Thank you. I like this song too, I like this actually. Song too. It's really I, good. <laughs> I, I think it's good. See you, everybody. Right, we'll see you guys next time. Right, bye bye. the show is over don't forget to sign up for your free trial of hulu plus hulu plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime anywhere on your tv pc smartphone or tablet support this podcast and get an extended free trial of hulu plus when you go to huluplus.com forward slash anime that's huluplus.com forward slash anime